VRA News. I'm Bob Levicky. Industry and community leaders in Waynesboro and some protesters joined Governor Youngkin at the groundbreaking for a new Northrop Grumman facility. The NCAA responds to a lawsuit filed by the Virginia and Tennessee AGs. And we review the latest in General Assembly action, including one bill to keep Shenandoah National Park open during a federal shutdown. This is the WMRA Daily for Monday, February 5th. Governor Glenn Youngkin was joined by industry and community leaders and protesters to mark the groundbreaking of an advanced electronics manufacturing and testing facility in Waynesboro. On Friday, WMRA's Randy B. Hagee reports. The governor, local officials, and congressional staffers gathered in a tent overlooking an orange clay hillside and the Blue Ridge Mountains on Friday afternoon. The site will be home to Northrop Grumman's new Advanced Electronics Facility, slated to open in 2025 and create 331 full-time jobs. The weapons manufacturer builds technologies such as missiles, military communication systems, and stealth bombers. Governor Yunkin and CEO Kathy Warden had to raise their voices at times to be heard over a handful of anti-war protesters, chanting slogans such as, Northrop Grumman, go away, genocide is not okay. And this $200 million plus investment will also open up further the tremendous pipeline of talent, the talent that exists today, and the talent that will be built in the future. As I look at this landscape right now, it's just an empty lot. But in a couple of years, it's going to be a vibrant facility with hundreds of jobs that support families and this community. A Northrop Grumman representative declined WMRA's request for an interview on site. The city, with the help of a Commonwealth Development Opportunity Fund grant, has agreed to reimburse the company for up to $8.5 million of real estate and other taxes through 2035. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. Check out photos of the groundbreaking and links to more information about the facility at WMRA.org or on the app. The NCAA asked a judge Saturday to deny injunctions filed by the Attorneys General of Virginia and Tennessee. The Associated Press reports that Attorney General Jason Meares, along with his Tennessee counterpart, filed a lawsuit against the NCAA last week over its restrictions on name, image, and likeness compensation for athletes during recruiting. The lawsuit included requests for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction against the NCAA rules. The NCAA asked a judge to deny both motions in its 25-page response filed Saturday with the U.S. District Court of the Eastern District of Tennessee. The NCAA argues that granting the motions would result in recruiting incentives similar to pay for athletic performance. Now to the General Assembly. One bill would let Virginia keep its national parks, including Shenandoah National Park, open during a federal shutdown. The Daily Progress reports that House Bill 420 would allow the governor to negotiate an agreement with the U.S. Department of Interior for the state to step in to keep national parks in Virginia open. Utah and Arizona already have such agreements which generally involve the state covering National Park employees' pay during a federal shutdown. The threat of shutdowns has increased in recent years. More than 17,000 people depend on Virginia's national parks for jobs. One state senator hopes to expand existing free school meal programs across the Commonwealth, but the price tag has members of the House questioning the bill. 
Virginia Public Radio's Brad Kuttner reports. As someone who grew up with a little card that I went through the lunch line with uh, on free and reduced lunch, I can appreciate um, the stories that were, were shared today. That's Roanoke area delegate Sam Razul at a House committee hearing earlier this week where the body voted to, quote, gently table a bill to expand existing free lunch and breakfast programs in schools across the state. Among his concerns is the estimated cost, over $350 million over two years. Critics of the effort include Lynchburg area Senator Mark Peake, who argued some of the nation's wealthiest counties and parents who can afford school lunches are in Virginia, and those millions could be better spent. You can hire 2,000 plus teachers a year to actually teach our poor and underserved children. But Prince William area Senator Danica Rome, who's carrying her chamber's version of the bill and has long championed free school meals, says it could save parents up to $1,000 a year. And she's not worried about the efforts pit stop in the house. Keep in mind, I carry a many cards in my pocket. Among her solutions to the sticker shock, following in Pennsylvania's footsteps, where their legislature passed a bipartisan law offering free breakfast only. Everything's on the table right now. Rome's bill received bipartisan support in its first committee hearing, but the Senate's Appropriation Committee will have its say in the coming weeks. Members of the General Assembly are also considering a way for people who are incarcerated to get a second chance. Also with Virginia Public Radio, Michael Pope reports. Circuit courts across Virginia might start reconsidering prison sentences if a bill now under consideration is signed by the governor. The process would include input from prosecutors and victims, although some victims are against the idea. After a series of victims of violent crimes testified against the bill in a House committee, Republican Delegate A.C. Cardoza of Hampton switched his vote from a yes to a no. I like the idea of giving people second chances, however, this is just, it's not ready. Whatever, the, the bill itself is just not ready. Uh, it doesn't adequately address victims, as we heard by that uh, very, uh, very difficult testimony. The bill would allow for reconsideration of sentences after 15 years, 20 years, or 25 years, depending on the severity of the crime. If Democrats get the bill through the General Assembly, it'll go to Governor Glenn Youngkin. Senator Cree Deeds is a Democrat from Charlottesville who says he hopes the governor will sign it. Everybody's entitled to a second chance. As Christians, as, as people, we understand that. The bill is expected to be considered on the Senate floor as early as Monday afternoon. Bills that would impact LGBTQ communities are also moving their way through the state legislature. While a Democratic majority is blocking bills that would reduce rights, some bipartisan votes may have an impact, and Brad Kuttner has that report. Virginia's constitutional ban on same-sex marriage may stay on the books until at least 2026, but a bill that would make it illegal for court employees to deny marriage licenses based on sex, race, or gender passed the House with bipartisan support. It got five Republican votes, a surprise to the bill's patron, Woodbridge area freshman delegate Roja Henson. It shows that we are at least moving the Commonwealth in, uh, in, in the right direction. On the other side of the LGBTQ rights coin is a handful of bills that went before a Senate Education Subcommittee Thursday, a ban on women competing in high school sports, and a requirement for school officials to out students. Both were killed by Democrats. Here's Lynchburg area Senator Mark Peake defending his trans sports ban ahead of the hearing. Not doing it to be mean, not doing it to protect women in sports. Senator Danica Rome, the first transgender state elected official in the Commonwealth, said she's glad to see such efforts find their way into a legislative graveyard. The last thing anyone needs 
is to single out and stigmatize the very people they're elected to serve. That's what these bills do, and they belong in Senator Lucas's garbage can. Another bill that blocks the state from assisting in investigations into gender-affirming care from across state lines, like what's happening in Texas as the state seeks to limit access to transgender health care, also got bipartisan support. It is currently awaiting a vote in a Senate committee. In Richmond, I'm Brad Kuttner. Members of the General Assembly are considering lifting restrictions on who is able to work as a substance abuse counselor or in mental health treatment programs. Michael Pope has more. Many recovering addicts say they want to help others turn their lives around, but they keep hitting the same barrier, a criminal record. Virginia law includes 176 barrier crimes that prevent people like Wahid Shabazz from helping people escape substance abuse disorder. I was drunk on three bottles of Cisco, and if anybody knows, they used to call that liquid crack. I broke into a car dealership because somebody said they used to leave a safe open and you could access the money. So stupidly and drunkenly, that was my barrier crime, and it was 32 years ago. 32 years ago. This is still giving me a problem when I apply for positions. The bill was introduced by a Democrat in the House and a Republican in the Senate, and it has widespread bipartisan support. In fact, when a House committee debated the bill, Republican Delegate Mike Cherry of Colonial Heights said he wants to add his name to the bill as a chief co-patron. When it comes to recovery and peer recovery, there's really no one better qualified to help an addict than a recovered addict. That's just the way it is. And so I'm grateful that you brought this and um, I would make a request of the patron that if the chief co is still available, I'd love that. The bill has already passed a Senate committee and will be considered on the House floor soon. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. The United Nations wants to eliminate marriage involving minors, which the organization says harms girls. The practice is still legal in certain cases in Virginia, but some advocates are working to change that. Ben Pavier with VPM News reports. When Judy Wiegand was 13 years old, she got married to a 16-year-old boy. At the time, around 40 years ago, it was legal in Virginia for an underage pregnant teenager to get married with parental consent. Her husband was allegedly abusive, and Wiegand divorced him at 18. But until then, she felt trapped. I do not believe that the words child and marriage should be used together. I mean, that's a whole implication of itself. In 2016, Virginia lawmakers banned most marriages for people under the age of 18, but they left an exception for emancipated minors. A bill from Democratic Delegate Karen Keyes-Gamara would eliminate that. At a recent subcommittee meeting, Josh Hetzler with the Family Foundation argued the current law works. If somebody is deemed to be a legal adult, then of course they should have the right to marry as well. The advocacy group Unchained at Last estimates nearly 8,000 underage people in Virginia were married between 2000 and 2018. Ben Pavier reporting. And finally today, the Kluge Roo Aboriginal Art Collection is receiving support from a Getty Foundation grant. Albemarle County's Kluge Roo is the only museum outside of Australia dedicated solely to Aboriginal art. The programming made possible by the Getty Funds will highlight a recent donation of 1,300 prints spanning the past 40 years. The workshop will include printmaking demonstrations and a trip to the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy your Monday.